Nathan Gould. And I'm Lazarus Gromos, and welcome to The Back Peg. Up late. Yes, episode, no guest this week. It no is episode guest. 12. Episode 12. And Laz, thank you very much for uh, having a sit down with me again. Always. Always and a pleasure. It's a great, going to be a great chat, and we've got so much to cover off this week. Mm. Of course, it's been another week of international football, but there's been so much happening, both on the pitch and off it. There's a lot for us to cover. Oh, there's heaps. There's heaps. Let's get cracking. Thank you all for joining us once again for another episode of The Back Peg. A quick word before we get too far deep into the show. Thank you to everyone who's checked out our interview with Laurie Whitwell last week. We greatly appreciate all the feedback. And uh, already it's shot up to our most streamed episode since we've resumed post-World Cup. So yeah. thank you very much to everyone who's checked it out. And welcome to any of the new Back Peggers. That's right. And thanks to Laurie again for his uh, time. And uh, great to see that impact. Um, and uh, there's been a lot of commentary since our last uh, two episodes, or part A and part B, but we can say that. We've had a bit oh, yes. of feedback, yes. Oh, okay, go on, hit me with it. Uh, oh, we'll start with the feedback with regard to your friend, your Manchester City friend. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, Probably felt like you, I Lee. did. <laughs> Uh, shout out to you, Lee, for uh, tuning into the episode, to the shows each week. And uh, yes, Manchester United chat might have been a bit too much for you, but <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it nonetheless. That's true. Very true. So I'm glad to see you. And uh, the- perhaps we can get a, a Manchester City journalist on soon. That's right. Glad to see I wasn't the only one who felt dirty after that. But no, it was it was really good <laughs> chat. It was really good chat. But uh, up late, the up late episode caused a bit of a stir with my friend Nectar and the Tottenham oh, Spurs yes. connection there. <laughs> we talked a lot about Spurs. Yes, we um, did. Now this is this is his reaction. So this is the text message I got after he listened to it. For the record, Levy has done some dumb stuff. However, he's brought the club back to be contenders. Now he needs to concentrate on getting the club up to speed. Um, very complimentary about the podcast, saying that we're uh, one of the better Australian football podcasts going around. So I'll take that. Immediately followed by, now go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think that's an open invitation to go in on Spurs again. That's right. And we will. (laughs) But no, um, and he loved the fact that we uh, referred to Gattuso. Gattuso. Ah, yes. Because Gattuso is his idol. (laughs) So, next to much love. He may not have liked the uh, Tottenham link in the title for last week's up late. No, I know. Referring to Tottenham as sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. No, he loved it. He loved it because Gattuso (laughs) is is his idol and he loved it. Absolutely loved it. So, Nectar, thank you very much. I mean, Um, it fit for the title, but there's not too many times where I could say Tottenham have sometimes been maybe good. No, that's true. Well, this season anyway. (laughs) But um, the hits keep on coming with regard to Tottenham this week. Oh, yeah. They're getting a bit punch drunk, I think. Did you see the video that their um, head of football put out on social media? I haven't seen this, no. Okay. So, and there's an aftermath of this, obviously, right? As with everything. So, good old Patrizio, Conte's boss, decided to put out a video, uh, a bit of a battle cry to the Spurs fans to try and, you know, garner support and say that the club is going in the right direction and, you know, stick with us for this season, essentially. Well, turns out that FIFA have extended his ban. So, 24 hours after making that video and that plea to the Spurs supporter base, FIFA have decided to make his ban worldwide. The timing couldn't be better. It's... You couldn't even read about it. I'll tell you what, we've had the Tottenham All or Nothing, but I love Tottenham the sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> it's just 
keeps going. Uh, it just keeps going. What are we like? If you were to put Tottenham as a comedy show or a sitcom, what season would we even be on now? Like four, five? Like if mm. we're talking seasons in a row where it's just been thought the term banter club gets thrown around a lot. And I don't think Spurs are necessarily in that category, but it's just bad story after bad story. You just got to point and laugh at this point. Well. Look, I find it laughable that FIFA would actually, sorry, that Spurs would not have been given the heads up that the Italian Federation's ban won't carry through. So for those that don't know, right, Patrizio was, and I I just actually call him Patrizio, right? But um, uh, what's his surname again? Paratici. Paratici. I was going to say Paterici, but yes, it's Paratici. Good old Patrizio, right, (laughs) was the head of Juventus. Uh, head of football at Juventus. The Italian Federation um, put a uh, ad instigated a ban recently, and they decided to take the case to UEFA and FIFA for the ban to be extended internationally. And the ban would be a two and a half year, or three year, effectively a three year ban because it, it's already six months have already passed. And FIFA overnight have agreed to extend the ban to become a worldwide ban. Surely this would have been something that Tottenham would have been able to see coming. But- I would have thought so. I suppose once he's in the role, what do you do? Do you part ways? It seems a bit more of a scenario where we've got him now. This sort of Juve stuff has come out since he's been at the club. What are we supposed to do here? Are we do, are we supposed to suspend him, let him go? Like it, It's a boat that Tottenham can't really get off once they're on it. It, it just staggers me. It just staggers me. So Paratici, obviously, is he at work today? Nobody can tell us. <laughs> <laughs> You know, hey, like, Fabio he... Paratici, come onto the program and you can tell us if you're at work. <laughs> you know, Fabrizio, like, you know, can you tell us if you're at work today? Well, you know, but seriously, like, <laughs> think about it. This is a Premier League club, which is supposedly the best league in the world. And we can't even get clarity on whether or not the head of football at Spurs is actually at, on the job today. It, it's just incredible. And mind you, there's no, well, you know, Spurs are now being run by caretaker managers. So you're right to point out that this is a bit of a sitcom. I can just hear the Seinfeld theme music playing in the background. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a story that keeps on giving Spurs. So thank you. Yeah, it's it's great entertainment. I'm I'm sure uh, for Spurs fans, it, it's horrible oh, the last sure. couple of years. Yeah, I mean, we, look, you know, we're fond of our Spurs supporters and listeners, and you know, we're we're taking the piss, obviously, but it's you know, it, it is a laughable for, in all all jokes aside, in a multi million dollar business, it is laughable, right? It is laughable, and the fact that there have been no contingency plans apparent. It's interesting that Spurs. Might be looking to part ways with Paratici at the end of the season. I'm not sure if he's out of contract or not, mm-hmm. but when you have a worldwide ban from Fever handed down, surely there's some sort of break clause in that contract. And they may be looking to replace him. Maybe Levy wants a bit more control and they're not going to do this sort of director of football-esque experiment again. But yeah. if they are looking to replace him, then Paul Mitchell's out of a job at the end of the season. He's announced that he's leaving Monaco and someone who's previously worked with Pochettino. Maybe there's going to be a bit of a reunion. Possibly, but do you think that... I, I think that this would inadvertently have brought Spurs into disrepute. So therefore, there might be grounds for sacking. Mind you, they're fairly tenuous grounds. I mean, I, 
I, I, I don't know if you could make that link very strongly. But yeah, look, you might be right there, Nathan. There might be just, a, uh, you know, I, I just find it hilarious, really hilarious that the director of football, head of sport, whatever you call it uh, these days, at Spurs has, you know, made this rallying cry on social media. And then 24 hours later, he's been told, well, mate, you can't operate anymore. You know, is it a restraint of trade? Are the challenges, I mean, these are the questions that need to be, um, in, in all seriousness, these, these are the questions that need to be uh, answered. And perhaps, He's at work today. I know that I would be if if, if there was a cloud. Mm. And you just wonder how extensive that worldwide ban is. Like, is well, he it's... forbidden to come into to work today? Is well, is he just banned from doing from engaging in transfer talk in trying to you know in recruitment terms? Is he you know this ban completely throws them into disarray for the summer? Not only on the manager front, but also for any potential targets. And I would like to know what Harry Kane thinks of all this. Harry Kane his thoughts on this season. Harry Kane. Harry Kane's looking for the exit door, I believe. It's hard to argue with him, but that's the right course of action because we mentioned it last week that he's done everything he can as an individual there at Tottenham, mm. and there's not really any major trophies on the horizon, but... <laughs> To get Harry Kane to stay at Tottenham now, I think the only way they can do it is get Nagelsmann. That's the only thing that could possibly convince him to stay, and even then, it might not be enough. Yeah, I don't think I, I, I don't think Spurs should be going for Nagelsmann. Why is that? Because I think it's a pretty good fit. I, it could be, but I think he's. I think it's a step down for Nagelsmann, and I think Spurs supporters are sick of managers looking at um, Spurs as if they're a step down, and that they're doing Spurs fans a favour by taking the job, which. Like we said, they are, right? Because if you're trying to attract winners, you need to break the, the mould, right? But I'll tell you what, both Conte and Mourinho have won at a trophy at each of their last few clubs, right, where they've actually been on the bench for more than 50 games. The only clubs, the only club that they have both won at is Spurs, and that says something. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that Spurs have some sort of allergy when it comes to winning trophies, well, uh, particularly with the week of the League Cup final under Jose. Correct. So Mourinho's won at Roma since Spurs. Yeah, and he's found a new lease on life. Uh, he's so, just, uh, he's going to announce a uh, renewal, I think, in the coming so, days. So there you go. So did you do a binge on Special One TV, Nathan? <laughs> oh, it, it's great comedy, isn't it? Uh, it is good. It is good. There's, oh, there's so many moments that you think, oh, <laughs> yes, of course. Oh, I've forgotten about yes. that. <laughs> yeah. No, it's brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, we'll, absolutely. We'll fantastic. see if we can find some snippets and see if we can post it on our socials because it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite, it is quite funny. But I'm glad that I, that, you know, I introduced to the world of Special One TV. It's quite funny. I can't believe I hadn't seen it before. Me, when it me was, neither. When it was coming out. You made me feel like a real old bastard now. It's not even that old. And it's not even that old. So the <laughs> fact that you didn't know about it, just, you know. Um, but Surely, yeah. like, me as the younger one, you as the older one, I should be introducing you to things on YouTube. This is true. But, hey, I'm sure that's bound to happen. Now, um, what did you make of International Week? Ah. Uh, and the Dutch performance. Oh, jeez. Not good. <laughs> and when you say the Dutch looking performance, good. I'm talking about looking, both games. Looking good for the rest of the group, just quietly. Greece yeah. and, and Ireland. It, that, look, it's a tough group if you think about it. Right? Yeah, I mean, it I, is a tough group. Look, uh, it does know. rely on Evan Ferguson kicking on. Yeah, sure. For Ireland's point of view. I don't mm. think if he drops off a bit in his form, there's not a whole lot else there mm. for them to really ruffle the yeah. feathers of the bigger teams. But Greece are looking all right. No, I still expect the Dutch and the French to go through. I expect the French to, to actually win every game in the group, right? But yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. The Dutch are still favourites for the second. I just hope they implode. Um, 
which just from these two games, Mm. from these two games, it looks like it might be happening because to be smacked 4 0 by France, Mm. yes, the Dutch side was missing a couple of starters, which is going to hurt any team except France, where if they could field three teams, they'd probably all be in the top 15. Did you hear that the Dutch Dutch were blaming the cuisine the night before? It's the fridge. Oh, have you heard this? All excuses. Yeah, there were some players that uh, apparently got some food poisoning. A chicken curry, apparently. You're not buying it. Sounds like a convenient excuse, if you ask me. <laughs> Fair enough. But you're referring to the performance against France, where, we, where the yes. Dutch got beaten four nil. But mm. I would also point to the game against Gibraltar. Greece where... played. Yeah, I, I was going to say from from what I saw, Greece actually played better against Gibraltar than what the Dutch did. And of course, the games against Gibraltar are not going to decide who qualifies. No, sure. Out of the group, but the Dutch had so many shots, so many chances, so much of the ball, and. So I only win 3-0. It, it doesn't really fill with any sort of confidence moving forward for the rest of the games. And the Dutch FA seem to cycle between a couple of managers every couple of years. So Louis van Gaal's been on a few runs. Now Ronald Koeman's on his second run. I, I don't understand Koeman. I, I really don't understand Koeman being back. If you could explain that to some, me, that'd be great. I think the reason he's back is because they did play well under Koeman on the previous stint. Mm. And the reason he left the, the national team was because Barca came calling. Right. And no one can really grudge a manager for leaving when Barcelona's the one knocking at the door. Sure. So I think it was get Koeman back, try and replicate the sort of yeah. football that we saw mm. during his first tenure. But I think there's a lot of question marks. The two goals from Nathan Ake, who hasn't scored in the league this season, that's mm. a complete fluke. That's a one-off. That's not going to happen again. That's obviously not something you can rely on. Mm-hmm. So you take those away, mm. and it's a pretty uninspiring result. And look, I love Barthway Gorst, but really, he shouldn't be starting for the Dutch national team. Well, yeah. Right. No. When you consider the strikers the team has had down the years, and the national team is in, is in a bit of a lull in an attacking sense. Cody mm-hmm. Gampo's the best attacker, and he's not really an attacker. Sure. So it's not really a good moment Fair for enough. the Dutch team, even though they've done well in recent tournament or two. Who impressed you internationally this week? Like, which which team, which player? Who was your standout? I'm going to go for a bit left field. Maybe mm-hmm. not, but mm-hmm. he's the first one, first name that comes to mind mm-hmm. is uh, Joe Gauci. Wow, I wasn't expecting that. He, he's had a great game against Ecuador at, the, at uh, Docklands. Yeah, he did. He did. On debut. Yeah. What did and, you think of the uh, soccer is? Pretty good. Pretty good. Look, Ecuador's a good team. They're above us in the rankings. They're also above us in the ELO rankings, if you want to use those instead. Sure. So we can't be sitting here kicking off that they've lost the game to Ecuador. It's great that we beat them in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, pretty good. Yeah. I don't think you can draw too many conclusions from these sorts of games. No, I'll go along with that. Of, in terms of styles or mm. has the team evolved, but... I think they're in a good spot now, the Socceroos. Post-World Cup, yes, Australian football in general has its issues. Sure, we'll we've talked that. about many and times on this we'll, show. We'll keep talking about it. Absolutely, and rightfully so, because mm-hmm. they need to be stamped out and fixed. But sure. the national team itself, they're in a pretty good spot. And I think I saw they're going to do the draw for the Asian Cup soon. Mm-hmm. So it'll be yep. interesting to see who Australia gets in January. Mm. But I think we can have a, a real crack at the tournament. Uh, look, as far as the tournament is concerned, we need Australia need to have a crack at it, obviously. Let's just wait. Hold fire till uh, the draw comes out and see what um, what happens there. But I was encouraged by what I saw. I think I think that's I think that's fair over the both games. And that's all you can be, really, because yeah. these are friendly games. Yes. The whole theme of them was to welcome the World Cup squad. 
back to Australia. Yeah, correct. And thank them for their efforts and all this PR sort of thing. And essentially, yeah. Yeah, but and it for the most part, I think it was all right. Yeah, it wasn't a waste. And even still, just the, a couple of international friendlies, you can't really draw many conclusions at all. As much as drawing major conclusions would probably be better for this podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> going on here, kicking off, he's shit, he's good, he's the next Messi, and so on. Uh, look, I, I, I don't think we tend to do that, but, uh, but I mean, I, I think that we call it, I think we pr- call it pretty fair. I think we're, we're pretty balanced when it comes to what our expectations are, but there's no reason why. I, I think the best thing we can take away from the Socceroos' uh, recent games is that um, it was a good exercise and there's a lot to learn and there's a lot to do and the talent is starting to come through, right? We're only scratching the surface with it. Um, let's just see how deep we can go there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for these sorts of games and even some of the qualifiers for the big teams in Europe, mm. you can't really judge a manager on what happens unless no. it's absolutely going to pot and they're losing every game. And Correct. It's all toxic. But I'm sort of referring to Gareth Southgate when I say this, that England beat Italy and they beat the Ukraine. And there's still a lot of people kicking off that uh, it's not good enough. Harry Kane's not that good. He scores too many penalties, so he's not scoring as many open play goals as I'd yeah. like. And all these sorts of things, all this sort of meandering and all the Eng- Englanders slandering uh, yeah. of the England national team. Generally speaking, these qualifying games are irrelevant for England, especially mm. after they beat Italy and they beat Ukraine. If they don't qualify for the tournament, then it's a complete catastrophe. For the rest of the qualifying campaign for Gareth Southgate, it should be an opportunity to test things bring different players in, bring younger players in, and get a gauge on what else is out there, not only in the Premier League, Gareth, but around the continent. And for everyone to be kicking off about some qualifying games, that the performance is not great, the result's not great if they do drop a game, Look, it doesn't really make a difference to me. Judge okay. them on the tournaments. And for mine, the tournaments haven't been good enough. No, I agree with you there. I think what people expect, England supporters in particular expect, are that anyone that isn't Italy or Germany or Spain or France... England should be beating by five, right? I think and we get that and, the same here, to be honest. And and that's not realistic. Like, sorry to cut you off, but no, no. I think we have the same. A lot of people have the same sort of feeling towards the Socceroos. I don't think so. No, I in our, sorry. It, 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 let me fill it out a bit. In oh, our confederation, mm. if it's not Japan, Korea, Iran, maybe one or two others, mm. I think generally the expectation is a, is a is a Socceroos win. Well, I think that's foolish. Yeah, I agree with you. That's foolish. But I think that Australian football, the the general consensus, is very similar in that sense. So what we see in England, I think it's foolish on both parts and on both fronts mm. because, as far as the Australian is uh, Australian side is concerned, and the opposition, you can, all you have to do is just look at the youth results and see that the gap is is very close. It's it, and closing, right? So the likes of Vietnam, um, China's a, a different thing altogether, right? Nobody, unfortunately, regards China well, uh, and there's reasons for that. But if you look at the likes of Vietnam, Philippines, or on the up and up, um, you know, Indonesia, which we'll get onto in a minute. But mm, yeah, that they're coming up. You can also chuck Thailand in that group you know, as well. So for, for different reasons, right? We'll get onto Indonesia, but it, it's just all you have to do is just observe what's happening at that level, and you can see that it, that's going to come through to the seniors. Now, India's making noises, so all these these gaps are going to close, right? Um, so, but with regard to Europe, anybody except for Gibraltar, San Marino, and Andorra, right? 
Probably anybody stuck, stick Liechtenstein in there. Liechtenstein and maybe Luxembourg, right? But anyone <laughs> outside of those five can beat anybody else on the continent. On their day. On their day. On, on their day. Yeah. Right? So, you know, it, like for me, the most illuminating result is Scotland against Spain. Two goals from uh, someone who has a brand new nickname. <sighs> I, it's I, uh, Sterling Harland. <laughs> 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 I tell you what, I've changed my opinion on McTominay after the Scotland appearances. Because <laughs> he scored a couple of goals. <laughs> but they've been good. And they his have action, been. And, yeah. and not only that, his play, his overall play was awesome. You well, don't Scott see played, that at Man United. No, you don't. Because Scott played as a striker for a lot of the time in the academy, just because there was a real shortage of strikers and there was too many midfielders. So McTominay got stuck up front because he's yeah. uh, relatively big well, compared to the lads mm. around him. And I th- maybe maybe Eddie Howe's starting off a reverse Joel Linton. Mm. Maybe, perhaps, and look at who, like who would have picked Joel Linton to be the, uh, you know, a, a really good midfielder. Yeah. So yep. yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Right? It's crazy. Let, but him, let him cook. Let him uh, cook. I, I should. Yeah, that's right. I should message uh, Laurie Whitwell and say, "Hey, I've changed my opinion on, <laughs> on the But there you go. Um, look, I thought, and so I thought, kudos to Scotland because that performance was incredible. Did, did yeah. you see Rodri's comments? I did. That was. Very complimentary, what, was it? What, what did you think of that? I thought it was oh, great. <laughs> geez, yeah, it's great. It's great as uh, an on, onlooker, but far out. If you were in that Spain setup, you wouldn't like those comments at all. No. And there's someone that's used to playing Guardiola football now. Yeah. Which is uh, a, a right. little bit more front foot, a little bit more mm. um, high tempo than it is in the Spain national team. But this is something mm. that we saw during the World Cup as well under Enrico. Mm. That match mm. against Morocco, it's, it was just pass, 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 and nothing was happening. Yeah, yeah. A Belgian back. No. Okay. No. All right. No, no. I'm, Scratch. No, I'm not ready to... Scratch that. not ready Let's to jump go. on that bandwagon yet. Cool. Okay. No, that's fair enough. I've got one for you, Laz. Is Ronaldo back? No. Um, <laughs> but he'll serve his purpose. You know. Are you surprised he's been involved? No. I think Martinez is someone who would like to actually include everyone as much as possible, mm. and like you know, and and obviously he realizes that that uh, Ronaldo has still quite a huge influence on uh, on Portuguese players, and why not entire you know why not have him back if he's happy? I think if he's happy, then that'll rub off elsewhere. I don't see it being a problem for him now. If they've had a serious and frank conversation as adults and said, "Hey, listen, um, we'll put you," you know, if you can help us. Just qualify, get through the Nations League, and then we'll see how it goes afterwards and don't expect to play every game. But we'd like to have your influence around the, the side. Well, hey, all for it. The all question it. I have about it is whether it's good for Portugal in this entire World Cup cycle. Probably not. It, it won't be because he won't be at North America 26. But, well, maybe he might be in another guise. Maybe, but not as a as a playing member. Well, no, I don't suspect he'll be as a, pl- a player in you know in three years' time. It's only and the player takes his spot. It's, it's only three years away. <laughs> You're right; it's only three years away, and we know how well Ronaldo keeps his body mm. at optimum levels. And but I look at his replacement and Goncalo Ramos, who just keeps scoring for Benfica. Mm. And I think with Ronaldo off to Saudi Arabia, yes. It's great to have experience around the camp, but Gonzalo Ramos is the future for this Portuguese team. Oh, one hundred percent. Position, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. And he would recognise that. I would hope. I'm, I'm sure he would. I would hope. So I think the opportunity is there for him to bet in, really become a mainstay in this Portuguese team. Let him have the Euros as a number nine. Don't drop him. Don't change yeah. him. And then, really, by the time yeah. the World Cup rolls around, That's fully right. fledged leader of the team. Well, yeah. Think about it. the Euros are only fifteen months away now. So it's just great. It's just it's 
insane. Just insane. Morocco beat Brazil. Big surprise. I'm not. No? I wasn't surprised at all, considering it was a friendly. But, yes. Yeah. Where, yeah. where was the game played, Lars? Good question. I thought it was I thought it was actually played in, in Morocco itself. I'd have to look that. I only saw the result and the highlights. I didn't notice where it was played. But it was played in Rabat or Casablanca or wherever else Peter Drury uh, described. <laughs> <laughs> you asked where it was played. It was played in Tangier, so it would oh, okay. be Morocco. Yeah. Yep. So there, there you go. go. So it's a good moment for Morocco, and I'm sure that'll be a part of the same reason why the mm-hmm. soccer has played Ecuador, mm-hmm. a bit of a welcome home type thing. Uh, sure. Because I dare say if Morocco didn't make it for the last four of the World Cup, they wouldn't be playing Brazil in Morocco. It's a bit of a glamour friendly for their achievements, which is fantastic, fine by me. Um, And yeah, great result. And all the power to uh, African football and North African football as well. Correct, correct. Although I think AFCON's on, on um, as far as the qualifiers are concerned at the moment as well, because I think that's on at the same time as the uh, Asian Cup in January next year, I believe. Ah, yeah, I think I did say they switched it back to January. Yeah. They, I think they want to make it June, July. Like Very difficult, though. Many other one, many other international tournaments, but mm. yeah, it's too hard with the the seasons. And the climates makes it very difficult. Uh, one other thing I saw on the uh, on the rounds coming out of the international break, and I don't know if we're going to have much of a debate about it, but Let's it's it. uh, Harry Maguire post-England against mm-hmm. Ukraine, mm-hmm. Uh, talking about how he's not getting too many games and what his stature in the game is at the moment. And he, he said that uh, he's got 50 caps. He's England's highest-scoring defender. He's got nothing to prove. What do you think? Is that right, that? Harry? Is that right, Harry? Nothing to prove. This is well, the Manchester United captain. Yeah. Coming out and saying that he's got nothing to prove. Hang on. Why are we talking about Manchester United again? We're talking about Harry Maguire. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, um, dear. Can you imagine Roy Keane saying this? No. Or Gary Neville? Mm, possibly. Nah. Roy With those Keane, guys, no. it was it was every day, strive to improve, and you are never yeah. at your absolute peak. You've always got something to work on, those sorts of things. And sure. Harry Maguire, he keeps talk, trotting out these sort of lines that, oh, he scored. But, okay. So therefore, you can't criticise me. He's trying to talk As if we're up. judging centre-backs on how many times he put the ball in the back of the net. Sure, but he's trying to talk I want up. to feel sorry for the guy, but he doesn't help himself. Why do you want to feel sorry for him? He doesn't help himself at all. Because of the backlash because of all the the judgment and the, everything that comes his way on, it's not his that, fault wait a second isn't hasn't that been justified in the past not to not the all extent. of it not all of it but not fair, to that extent performance wise performance his performances ha- his performances haven't been great no so since, that's justified then. since since about halfway through the Solskjaer reign his performances sure. haven't been great but yeah. it's not his fault he's United's most expensive defender it's no, not it his fault he wears the armband no it isn't so because he cops so much slack and I'm not defending him to the sense that he should be captain he should be staying, playing in the team mm-hmm. he shouldn't be mm-hmm. but no, that's why ha- I feel sorry for him Ten Hag agrees with you yeah Okay. because so... if you want to play a possession system hard the pitch you can't play Harry Maguire correct so why are you feeling sorry for him shouldn't he try because and improve he... shouldn't he try because and improve he... his, play, his technique as far as being able to play possession style football to make himself more appealable you know more yeah appealable to or appealing I should say to Ten Hag he absolutely should be he should okay. be but that's not the point. The point is that the amount of stick that he cops is far and away beyond the pale that no. is, is worthy of the player that he is. And No, I'm sorry. I disagree with you. Okay. Anything personal, not on, right? If it's just purely criticizing his performance and his application to that, you know, in executing what a professional footballer should be paid to do or is being paid to do, and he purports to be a professional footballer, well, no, I feel sorry for him. When he comes out on preseason friendlies mm-hmm. and he plays at the MCG, 
in front of however many people were there. I was in yep. the ground. Yeah. And every time he touches the ball, he gets booed. Yep. I think that's going a bit too far. Okay. Yes, you I... don't have to like him. Yes, you don't have to say that he should be in the team. What, why are Man United supporters booing their own player? There's not many that do in terms of the sorry, there's not many players that are on the end of that. Okay. And I think part of it, which is why I initially said I want to feel sorry for him, but he doesn't make it easy and he brings it on himself, is because of quotes like this this week where he says he's got nothing to prove and he can't criticize me because I'm a top-scoring defender for England. So you're comparing Harry Maguire to CONCACAF where they, he brings it upon himself. He does bring it on upon himself, just like <laughs> CONCACAF. And so, okay. I, I'd also point to the goal that England conceded against Italy. Sure. Harry Maguire gives the ball away. Yes, he does. Which, as a centre-back, it's not great, Man. but it's not super egregious. Okay. He then goes and presses the guy who intercepts the pass. Correct. They pass at Randy. Yes. Which is probably the easiest thing they did in the, in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And then the Italian player who scored the goal, whose name escapes me right at this very moment, mm-hmm. he, from where he takes a shot, is where Harry Maguire should be. Yes. So I agree with you there. I don't know what my point is here, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think you, 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 he deserves you're just criticism. Venting. You're but just not... venting. You're venting. Right. Harry Maguire deserves a criticism, but not to the extent that he does get it, is the, the crux of my point, okay. I think. So why are we talking about <laughs> Harry Maguire, though? Because it was a big headline that came out of the international break. That's why. Well, hardly. <laughs> I think there are more important headlines that came out of the international break than Harry Maguire being, you know, aggrieved. <laughs> And, and oh. uh, trying to put himself in the, in the shop window. Look, he's got every right to say that too, right? In the sense that he's trying to make himself appealing to potential suitors because he wants to leave Manchester United. He just won't come out and say it because you never say that you want to leave Manchester United. No, except, you don't. And there's except a, the, except you, unless you're Dean Henderson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a different kettle of fish. But uh, Harry Maguire's trying to make himself appear better for all the suitors that he could go to. There's a better or there's a more appealing suitor at Leicester City. Yes, there is. But I, 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 the so fact, I don't think he's going back there. No, I don't think he is. But I could. Well, I don't think he is. But I, he could end up. With, he could end up there. You don't know. You, you don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't see him. I don't, I don't see him landing anywhere else in the Premier League. To be honest, which is really bad for him. To, to be fair, I think he ends up in in. He'll either have to go to the continent, right, or um, <laughs> he could end up in the Championship. He could very well end up in the Championship. I know that's outrageous to say because he's a current England defender, but I. Don't I don't see him going to any EPL side and actually adding, making it EPL side better. Do you? No, I don't. I've just had a little think while you were um, giving me a little rebuttal. And I, I think I, I might be getting the crystal ball out. Okay. Because where where Harry Maguire might be going for next season. Scotland. <laughs> Well, Ange wouldn't have him. No, so, I don't. Ange wouldn't so have him. So the only club would have him is Rangers. Yep. Um, but no, not Scotland. I think because the style of player he is, and just thinking on the continent, I think because the rumor is that Chris Smalling is off to Inter to replace Skriniar. Yep. For next season. Yes. Because Skriniar, I think, is off to PSG. Yep. I'm not sure if that got confirmed or not, but no, I don't think it has been. That's, but yeah. that's the that's the heavy rumor. So Roman needs new centre back. And is Harry Maguire all that different to Chris Smalling? Not really. Smalling, Smalling is a better player for mine. He's a perhaps slightly better as an actual centre-back. Yes. But then Maguire probably would have the edge in terms of on the ball. Really? I think Smalling I think so. is better on the ball than what Maguire is. Oh, Chris Smalling dislocates a hip every time he, he makes a pass. <laughs> Look, um, interesting. I think Jose would love him. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I can see Jose and Maguire getting on quite well. Perhaps. I can't see it. But we're talking about someone who actually had Ramos... In his under his control, and you are trying to get Maguire. No, oh, look, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't have that. 
So where's he going then? And it's not it's it has to be a club that's the going to be playing some some sort of European football. He's way too good for the championship. No, yeah, I, that, I know. I know it's his, funny to poke fun. No, that's his level. No, it's not his level. No, it's better than the championship. he's no look. I'm sorry, he is nowhere near right anywhere good enough to make a. And I'm not being mean or nasty when I'm saying this, but the you fact are, is, you are. No, I'm sorry. No, he, you're gro- you are no. grossly underestimating what he can do. Well. I've never, I've never been impressed by him. I'll say that. I'll, I'll say that to you. Right, the only time he impresses is when he wears an England shirt, and then to be fair, he has played well. But regular season does nothing for me. I would say when he first arrived at Manchester United, when we were playing a little deeper and trying to hit teams on the break, when he does sit deeper, you've he is tu- a whole lot better. Damn it, you've turned this into a Manchester United chat, and we said we weren't going to do that this week. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry, sorry, but no. uh, <laughs> not sorry. <laughs> no, you're not sorry, so don't lie. But and it, it's, it's all because of what's coming up this weekend as well. Uh, yeah, I know that, right? We've got the back pick derby, right? I understand that, right? And we and we spent 20 minutes talking about Manchester United. How good? Um, mate, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been that it hasn't been that long, thankfully. And Yet. I think we'll, we'll no, and I think we'll get off that train very quickly, right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have him in Newcastle. I would be upset if Newcastle actually went out and got Maguire. There are better players than Maguire, right? In other leagues around the world, he. I'm sorry to say that, right? His level is the championship because he can't go to another Premier League team and actually win a starting position and actually add value to that to another team and actually be an improvement to another team. Point That's in rubbish. case, no, that is I'm rubbish. sorry, no, it's not rubbish because point in case, Van Dyke, he made Liverpool better. Yeah, and at the time, Van Dyke was one of the best centre backs okay. in the world. No, no, he, no, he, no, he. Well, yes, but he actually goes to a team and actually wins a league. Maguire can't do that. I'm sorry. But that doesn't mean his level's the championship. Yeah, his level is championship, Nathan. He's not... He's no, not it's a, not. Yeah, it is. Because there are better defenders in the Premier League playing for other clubs, right, than what Maguire is. I'm tell- there, there are. Take your Manchester United glasses off, right? It's not. I, no, I can't believe this. I've got. I've had to go into Bat Barry Maguire here, to be honest. Well, you. Well, you. Hang on. <laughs> This is how, this is the premise of the conversation. You going into bat for Maguire and saying that you want to feel sorry for him. My initial You already are feeling sorry for him. My my the initial fact- bit was to call him out for the quotes that he made during the international break that he's got no. nothing to prove. That that was the initial part. And he's then- got plenty to prove, but I don't know if he can prove it. <laughs> no, but the point is he shouldn't be saying it. Well, okay. That I'm optics for him. Listen, forget his op- mate, <laughs> he's trying to sell himself to other clubs. Other clubs aren't buying it. It's like going, it's like a piece of fruit. If you look at the banana, it's rotten, right? I'm not I'm putting that banana aside. I'm going to another banana. It's that simple. I'm not buying what he's selling. Look, I think Harry Maguire is a good defender in a team that sits a little bit lower the down. Guy the guy turns slower than a Mack truck, for goodness sake. That's why he's better in a team that sits deeper. He doesn't have to turn as often. Mate, that's the point. If he sits any deeper, he'll be a goalkeeper. When he can see the pitch in front of him and he doesn't well, have course, to turn around the, and he doesn't have to scan as often, yeah, then he is a yeah, good defender. Which ergo, is goalkeeper. What he did show in a red shirt for about six months before we started playing a bit higher up the pitch Mate, and he did get caught out. He's a goalkeeper. Any deep end, you'd be playing you'd be playing as a second goalkeeper. <laughs> I'll tell you what, one thing I never thought I'd be talking about on a podcast is Harry Maguire for so long. Oh, it's always my, coming. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. Maybe because you wanted to, you know, like uh, have have this conversation and pretend that you felt sorry for him, but you don't really. <laughs> I mean, he's a very divisive character, Harry Maguire. 
at, at the very least. Only because of his uh, inept performances and his inconsistency, not because of anything else. Look, I think if he moves to the continent to a slightly slower league mm. like Italy, mate, there are defenders. I think he can rediscover his best form. There are defenders in Spain that would eat him up alive that are ten times better than him playing in the Liga. Hey, but he's England's highest scoring defender, so there you go. Well, look, okay, you're a United, a Manchester United supporter. If you could take Rio Ferdinand at his age now, right, you would have him. You would, you can replace Harry Maguire with you anybody have else Manu in the Vidic. squad. You would have, have Harry Maguire. Maguire. You would have Vidic. I have Rio Ferdinand. You have Vidic. Okay, so just stop. That that says a lot, right? Because I, I don't know Ferdinand, what your point is with that. Is because my point is Ferdinand <laughs> today would be better than Maguire is now. Well, you said today. Okay, that's absolutely. A I, I thought you were saying Ferdinand at his prime, Vidic no, at his prime. If you go a Vidic long way now. down the list, mate, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? There are players, mate. I would take Maldini in front of him now. <laughs> Oh, the guy. Oh. I'm sorry, right? But the guy is ab- no. Uh, move on. This guy is not worth the the uh, the amount of time that was spent on him. And, and I don't mean that as far as his football ability is concerned. I'm sure he's a lovely guy. He's got charged. He got away with a situation in Greece that he should not have. Right? Is that why you hate him so much? Not at all. But <laughs> no, it didn't affect me, right? <laughs> You can't go and, and, and look. You can't go and pretend you're king king shit in a place like that, right? Because they'll let you up alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's that simple. <laughs> and he found out. And he found out the hard way. I can tell you. Mm. I don't think you'll be All going. Right. I, I don't think you'll be going to the Greek islands anytime soon. No, I don't think so either. I think. I, yeah, think I, so either. I, I think if Manchester United ever happened to play in Greece, he will pull out with a mystery injury. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, a couple of players did over this international break. Correct, correct. I do find it rich that players like Marcus Rashford pick up a, a, an injury, and then as soon as the second game of the break is finished, he's returning to light training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he'll be in the starting lineup against Newcastle United on the weekend. Absolutely. Anyway, oh, it's good. It's because you guys need them, but um, we do need them, and they do need the rest. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. I, I tell you what, I was cheering when Luke Shaw got that second yellow card against. <laughs> Rolled him out of the Ukraine game. Give the guy a break. Uh, but anyway, we move on. Yes. We'll revisit this conversation when Harry Maguire moves to Roma and uh, he's one of the best players in Syria. Yeah, okay. Still get tomorrow in front of him uh, easily, honestly. <laughs> not not for Southgate. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Southgate, anyway. You and I, anyway. You you and I have had conversation with um, with Barry Hansen with regards to, our friend Barry Hansen with regards to um, Gareth Southgate and his... Mm. Communication Medi- skills. Yeah, his media style. Let, 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 let's let, let's be a bit kind with it. Right, his communication skills. Speaking of people who don't help themselves, and they're not very inspiring. So <laughs> no, you know. But yet he he actually yet the same Southgate actually criticised Van Joran Eriksson for not being Churchillian during the halftime talk uh, in the World Cup loss to Brazil in the 2002 World Cup, which is really really strange. But this anyway. is the same Gareth Southgate who doesn't do any pre-match hype talks with his team and just leaves it to Harry Kane to do it. Jeez, I hope everyone's got a raincoat or an umbrella. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, next topic. Next topic. Mm. Um, What did you want to bring up? Quick one. Okay. Because hopefully it was quicker quicker than bloody... What's his name again? I've forgotten his name. See? Maguire. (laughs) That him. Yeah, Harry Maguire. (laughs) Well, that was the intention to be a quick one as well, but uh, we'll see how we go with this. (laughs) 
Um, no more Grey Wiggle. Yeah, I was going to bring this up, and I think this is disgraceful, actually. I, I think this is an absolute disgrace. Not because – and, look, you know, yes, Redmayne's career is in, in the toilet, right, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> no, You're taking away the one that. thing the guy's actually really good but, at, world class. But <laughs> – you may as well take goalkeepers away from the from the penalty shootout situation and just leave an open goal. Honestly, so it's already hard enough for a goalkeeper as it is to take away any of the. Okay, yes, the shit, it's shithousery. We saw Martinez actually do it, you know, in in the penalty shootout. We saw Redmayne do it in the shootout to get Australia qualified to the World Cup. But first off, a goalkeeper can't move before the ball is kicked, right? Which was the old rule. I mean, they could move as the ball was being kicked, or they could be off their line. All they had to do is just have their heat, like, you know, part of it, like one foot touching the line. Now they have to be on the line. Now they can't go and walk up to the post. They can't get a drink. They can't check the 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 ball they can't talk to the player they can't seriously like just take the goalkeeper out of the penalty yeah. shootout situation and don't even do anything if the guy and red and red man's a pointing case right because he moves along his line he doesn't move before the ball is struck so he waits for the ball to be struck both feet are on the line what else do you want the guy to do he's got to get an advantage so the player that's taking the penalty can sit there and like take up his time like an ex-united player pogba right can stroll oh. you know yeah, can stroll, just meander, you know, look at the penalty spot, do whatever, <laughs> right? Put Out the ball thinking. down, right? Sorry, that is no, let the keeper do whatever he wants. If he wants to go for a walk, if he wants to go check his notes on his water bottle, if he wants to do whatever the case is, right? At that level, you, you cannot do this to goalkeepers. I'm sorry, I think it's just, I think it's an absolute disgrace. I think IFAB needs to actually reconsider the rules because that actually then we may as well just put 11 robots against 11 robots and just decide because you're taking away the nuance like you know the nuances of the game it's an absolute disgrace yeah i'm not going to pick a fight with you on that it's it's farcical it really is it is and the french goalkeeper uh, the ac milan goalkeeper mike magnon he said that uh, we might as well have our backs to the penalty taker at this point they they may as well not stand in goals yeah because currently it's about a 75 to 80 percent chance any penalty goes in the back of the net but with the new rules you might as well up that to 85 90 and perhaps even more because it'll be 100 it'll be like okay it'll be 95 percent, right because Mm. what advantage is there now that is open to the goalkeeper to actually try and put off the player that's taking a penalty there is none the only thing that might still be in his favor is like the repetition for the penalty takers or where they're more likely to put it but you do all your studying beforehand but that's that's just that goes with every player in every position on every part of the pitch and i don't really have a problem with the current situation with penalties i do i think i think the stutter situation is a bit here or there no i I, I don't particularly like it but just if you're gonna up it so much if you're gonna sling the advantage so much in the favor of the attacker i don't think a penalty is worth a 95 percent chance of going in i agree Particularly if you have a foul on the, a corner of the box. Yeah, I agree. It shouldn't I, be worth a goal. I, I think well, that's a point. Yeah, that's a different thing altogether, right? But I think that uh, the problem I have is that they already had tinkered with the rule with putting the goalkeepers back on to have both feet on the line, like be on the line rather than just have one, you know, and be able to step out and toward the ball and all that kind of stuff. So they've restricted that movement that the goalkeepers were able to do originally but i think now that as it is as it stands now i think you're actually seeing a better standard of goalkeeping with regards to penalties technically right i think that's what 
what's happened now. So leave it as it is. Why are you changing? I, I just do not understand this rule. I really don't. And I, and I think it's dis- it's a farce. It's disgraceful. It's really. It, it is. It is. And you know, uh, is it off the back of and, uh, everything uh, that happened at the World Cup with Debu that you're referring to sure. with Redmayne? Yeah. I, I don't want to see that in the game. If you don't want to see that in the game, then what what are what are we even doing? Because no. the game will completely change off the back of that. You will just, see more players diving, trying to win penalties. Just put robots in. Seriously, like uh, you know, I, I know we've used enough profanity in this episode already today. Have but we? This, Have yeah, we? I, I think Get this may, this one no, this wanted to make me swear. Seriously, like I thought when I heard, I thought fuck that. Honestly, like take the game, you know, take your. Um, rules and shove it because that's just yeah it's it's not right it isn't right yeah. and you, like how much more do you want to give to the attacking side or the penalty taker and as frustrating as it is when it's happening to your team when it's happening in a game that happens to one team that you're riding the shit houser is an essential element of the game and well I love it it's I the love only... it. I love it when I'm an on watcher on looker mm. things like keepers messing with penalty takers messing with the ball what else can the goalkeeper Thing, do things like that I enjoy watching it it's part of the theatre it's that's it, correct it's, a, it's entertainment yeah correct and what else can the goalkeeper a, do though Nathan what other avenue does the goalkeeper have open to him to be able to touch put the crossbar anymore no which is that's that's the kind of shit that I'm <laughs> talking about where he can't go even up to the post touch the post he can't actually mm. go and jump up and, and actually like touch the crossbar I mean what are we doing and I, I think also when you have like the encroachment sort of rules as well that's that doesn't really sit with me right either i look at the penalty that chelsea had against Borussia dortmund mm-hmm. in the champions league mm-hmm. the first one mm-hmm. it was retaken for encroachment there mm-hmm. was no real encroachment there the players had no real impact on kai habits no sure. ability to take that penalty so when you have situations like that it's so much heavily weighted towards the the penalty taker and to that point to what i was saying earlier with the shithousery things like holding the ball up in a corner i don't mind it that much it's annoying when it happens to your team granted okay that in, in a general sense when you're watching it as a neutral i don't mind it i don't mind it either but let's flip it the other way newcastle you uh, nottingham forest versus newcastle united the penalty that isaac took who was going to take it originally or who had lined up who had the ball that was about to take it originally it was kieran trippier okay so with these current mm. with these new proposed rules that stops as well i'm not a fan of that i'm it not a stop. fan yeah of that. yeah yeah you're right because the reason kieran trippier is gonna or he's faking to take the penalty is so he cops a lot of the mental mind games. Correct. So, and so he hands the ball off to Isak, who's so the other team haven't focused on. It, for the isn't last that fair? Of isn't that yeah. fair? So if you're going to take the mind games out, then once you have a designated t- penalty taker, that's it. Well, what and the mind games is what the theater is. Mm. We why love the we, drama. Why we love the drama? We, why are we taking this element out of the game? I do not understand it, and that's why I'm saying you can have your rules and shove it because that is the theater. That is the hey. These are the mind games that go into the professional level of the sport. What are you doing? Why are you tinkering with this? It's unnecessary. It's completely unnecessary, right? So a goalkeeper decided to, you know, have a golf phallic symbol after he won the World Cup. Mate, <laughs> if I won the World Cup, I'd be doing a lot more than that, I could tell you. <laughs> Go on, that's the Volsh. No, no, no. But, uh, like, seriously, man, I'd be jumping around yeah. like an absolute, you know, yeah. 
like a maniac. You wouldn't be able to wipe the smile off my face, seriously. Mm, absolutely. And uh, I feel and like... And we're worried about someone that's drinking water, someone that, like Redmate throws away the water bottle. I mean, the Peruvian keeper had no idea, right? Mm. These are the kind of things that actually builds theatre, build, like, you know, builds the game. And the, like the line, the movement along the line. Why? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a football purist who Ridiculous. thinks that... Anything that's in not, terms no. of the quote unquote no. dark arts should no, be eradicated that, from the game, and that's not no. football purity. I'm sorry, no, no, it's not. It isn't. It's just bullshit, and that's and it that's is. what and that's what it is. It really is bullshit, and you you know you're whistling in the dark for no reason. And you know what? You just let's have eleven robots play against eleven robots, and you watch how quickly the game will not be watched because you've got to have personalities in the game. You've got to have. I don't mind if Pogba wants to take five minutes to walk to the bloody penalty spot. If he thinks in his own mind it's creating drama, great. Good luck to you. I hope the penalty gets saved when you hit it, or I hope you hit the crossbar. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for if you're going to do that. Oh, remember the penalties for Mazaza. Oh, yeah, there you go. Fuck. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> That's a call. Oh, my Lord. Just brought on the. Oh. <laughs> What he was brought on in the 121st minute or something, wasn't he? Yeah, and that he does the most ridiculous run up oh. for a penalty you will ever see. But that's and he, the sh- he, he, and he misses that, it more often than not. That's right. And they're <laughs> the things we're going to miss. Yeah, with these rule changes. Yeah. So yeah. I've had to have a I think yourself. with the rule change, and we will move on very soon because there's a couple other things to talk about, and this episode's already getting a bit long. But hey, I thought this is uh, we haven't called it. Yes, we've called it up late, not up all night. You're right. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> People have lives to get back to. Um, the couple of decisions that FIFA have made and I've ever made in recent years, it, it is taking a lot of the emotion, a lot of the fun away from football. And I point to VAR, mm-hmm. I point to the subs and the stoppages of the game, and I point mm-hmm. to these rules this week about keepers. Mm. It's losing a lot of the spark, football. It, it's starting to get a bit, I don't want to say boring, but we're losing a lot of the drama. Look, We're losing a lot of the excitement, the, the emotion sub- of the game. Yeah. It is being sapped away a little bit. Okay, the subs is an easy fix. Right? I think four could be the right number. Okay, um, instead of five, but that's just me. Um, and maybe in, in extra time, allow one or two more, perhaps. Right, that's about it. So that's an easy fix. VAR, make it. no VAR. I agree with you. Right, but it's still in a funny way actually gets us talking about the game. Right, where I have a problem with VAR in particular is that I'm going to draw a hypothetical line using a camera angle that is not right in the spot where it should be and determine that my finger, my index finger is offside against the, you know, seriously, right? That's where we have that issue, right? But so see, that one's going to be fixed up. Once the semi-automated offside rule comes okay. in, that technology, once that comes in, that's going to be pretty much eradicated and okay. it'll be a lot quicker. Everyone's gripe with VAR is the offsides. That's the that's the issue. And right? the penalties, I'd say. Well, yeah, okay. Because everything looks worse, you know, everything looks worse in slow motion, but okay. I, I don't have a problem with the way that VAR was used in the 2018 World Cup, okay? I, IFAB as well got it right with regards to, and FIFA got it right with regards to the extending of the injury time. That needs that needed to take place, and it did. This one here, they're absolutely wrong. 
like yep. 110% wrong. You, if there's no way that I could be convinced, right, or any other football fan for that matter, I believe, would be convinced that this is the right rule to make. It, it really, people that I've spoken to about it already, and it's only been, what, two, three days, right, are absolutely fuming about it. And they were. I mean, the only people who might like the rule is some of the Peruvian players, but that's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. But even then, like, you know, it's not right. It's not right. So it's okay for players to sledge one another and, you know, getting to play the mind games on the field, right? Further up the field. But when the goalkeeper has an opportunity to actually do something, that's taken away from them. Let's just make the goals a bit smaller and not have goalkeepers then if that's the case. Like, seriously. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. a joke. Spot it's on. a joke. Spot Absolute on. joke. Absolute joke. Yeah. We have more to talk about, Les? Yeah, we do. We do. We Plenty. have so much more to talk about. There's heaps. I mean, there's absolute. There's... I want to talk about uh, Women's Football Weekend in the UK. Yeah, okay. And the WSL. Yes. I was actually going to say, um, I thought the, the dub here locally is hotting up as well. It's Yeah. Man, I mean, that game over in Perth last weekend. Mm. Wow. 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 Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, but that yeah, sort of turnaround. Mm. And it's a fantastic result and shows, shows there is a, we love the A-League for its drama, for its, for its moments, but hey, on the pitch, it also delivers both in the men's and the women's. So mm. uh, it often gets called a little bit yeah. tongue in cheek, a little bit seriously, the best league in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's something you can get along. Oh, look, maybe not from a technical perspective, but in 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 terms of entertainment, entertainment and like closeness to results. I mean, even like if you look at the men's right now, right? It's still there's four rounds left, and anyone can still make the you know the six spot. It's just it's incredible. Absolutely. Did you see Caitlin Ford's goal? Yes. Yes. Banger. <laughs> Banger. <laughs> She's a good player. She, she and she's improved actually. She's she, since she's been at Arsenal, I think, with uh, Vitamire as well. Um, training with that, the likes of those players, you know, no, she's definitely improved. It's all lining up nicely for the Matildas. Who wins the um, the WSL oh, in the UK? Jeez, after there was the City two 0 result over Chelsea, mm, mm. That, that's thrown it wide open. Mm. That has thrown it wide open. I I haven't heard. I think, I think on, Chelsea um, have an easier run home, but that, yes, because I think all the other three um, play against one another as well. Manchester City have got to play United, and City have got to play Arsenal, and Arsenal need to play Man United. So it's yeah, whilst Chelsea have none of that. I think in terms of who's more likely to win it, Chelsea hard to stop, but they've got some thinking to do what to do after last weekend. Mm-hmm. City Champ- just on this Champions massive League. run, but Nathan, sorry to cut you off. Nathan, uh, they had Champions League as well during the week, and a huge yeah. result against Leon. Mm, but it does pose a little bit of a distraction for the back end of the season. Sure, yeah. On the domestic front. Yeah. So something else to worry about. Yep. We've seen that affect many teams down the years. Um, City are just on this massive run, and they really did deserve three points against Chelsea on the weekend. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they can be stopped. They just seem yeah. to be on a real charge. It could be City. It could be City. I, I don't think Arsenal. I think they'll fall away a little bit. Yeah, same, same. It, it's, I think it's either Chelsea or City. What a good couple of goals from City too. Mm. Yeah, very much so. Very Racing much so. strikes. Um, it's an entertaining league, the WSL. certainly is. and mm. It's only going to get better as more teams put more money into it. And it is a bit of a four-horse race. There's four big clubs and there's not much else. But it's only going to get better as the growing popularity of the league continues to, to build and build and build. Mm. And that's something we'll see down here as well. Uh, I There's think more and more people getting yeah. into women's football. Sure. I think the dynamics, though, of, of international women's football has changed as well now. I think the three leagues, the three best leagues, um, are reflected in the three best national teams as well, and that's the USA, England, and Spain. Yeah, yeah. Hard to argue on that front. So, FIFA. Oh, here we go. 
Yeah, this has just happened as well overnight or uh, earlier today. Oh, uh, what's it? What's he done now? Is it John? He hasn't. He hasn't done anything. But FIFA have oh, actually okay. stripped uh, Indonesia of the hosting rights for the under twenty World Cup, which is due to kick off in two months. And, yeah, we need. Uh, we need to talk about this. And I think Australia should actually put their hand up and try and host it. We should. Mm. Will we? Mm, not sure. Nothing's come out as yet, but I don't think we will. But I, I, can't I think say it because I think because it would of the be, Women's World Cup going on, perhaps right. But I actually think it would be a great fillet for uh, you know considering two months May. You know we could possibly we could possibly do it, but I, I think it's unlikely. Apparently, it's off to Argentina. Okay, no, that's fair enough. That's, that's fair enough. That's the talk. That's the mm. talk. Okay. Um. But yeah, complete ridiculous that the situation has gotten to the point where Fevers needed to strip Indonesia of the hosting rights that they weren't allowing the Israeli team to compete in the tournament. Which, yeah, which, uh, you know, all those issues should be covered off before the World Cup is awarded to, to a host country, right? I think it would have been signed off on at the time. Yeah. And I see uh, an Indonesian election coming up next year. Right. An opportunity for them to some to garner some more votes. Yeah. Disgraceful. Uh, it is disgraceful. People don't like politicians getting involved in football at the best of times. Mm. Just depends so, what type of politician, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you think about it, but yeah. Mm. This one this one's pretty cut and dry. It is what, cut and dry. From what I've what I've uh, what I've read. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. We we give FIFA a lot of stick on this show and a lot of stick that it earns, but Quite we can't right do that. We can't do it this this week, and no. it's a correct decision to mm. take the tournament away from Indonesia. It's I feel sorry for the Indonesian footballers. Yeah, shut away because they qualified for this tournament because they were the hosts, but now they've lost the hosting rights. They're not going to be at the tournament altogether in its entirety, which is which is can't. a shame. Which is it a is shame. a shame. Mm. It's a shame for the region as well. Yeah, absolutely. And Southeast Asian countries need more international tournaments. Mm. Yeah, one hundred percent. Maybe one day we'll see a um, Southeast Asian World Cup bid. Mm. One day. One day. Look, that's it's got merit. It's got merit. But I actually think that it'll be you'll, you'll more than likely will see a Australia New Zealand bid for the World Cup after the Women's World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. That Australia yeah. New Zealand will come first. Mm. But maybe well, Australia mm. New Zealand will probably host the next Asian World Cup. Mm. Then the next time it comes around for Asia, it'll probably be a, a West Asian bid of some description. Yeah, but then perhaps but, after that, mm. maybe in three AFC World Cups time, we might have <laughs> a, a Southeast Asian bid. So about ninety <laughs> years away. Yeah. But um, look, I'd be comfortable with um, the nations that hosted, including Indonesia for that matter, the two thousand. Although they would have to change their approach, obviously, in light of what's happened now. But the 2007 version of the uh, AFC Asian Cup, we had Vietnam, Thailand, Malaysia, and Indonesia uh, co-hosting. Mm, yep. I think that that'd be a good good access for um, for uh, potential hosting of the World Cup in years to come. But yeah, they would have to change their attitudes toward the you know nations that qualify. Absolutely, one in particular. Mm. Um, maybe by that time they'll have the new capital build as well. Maybe, maybe. What else have you got, Lars, for this week? Um, yeah, there's a bit happening. Yeah, there is a bit happening. Did you? Um, I don't know if you're across this, but uh, I recently read that AC Milan and Inter Milan have split on their approach to the new San Siro. Mm-hmm. They're looking to go. Their, mm-hmm. They're looking to go their separate ways. So AC what does Milan. That mean? 
Well, that means that AC Milan are actually looking for another site. Really? To leave the San Siro altogether? Yep. Wow. Is that because they don't want it knocked down? Uh, they're actually, no. Uh, they'll be leaving the um, the San Siro altogether. But um, Inter's preferred model is obviously to do it in part, like, you know, in partnership with the city and obviously have the co-home ground arrangement that is existing at the moment, right? For want of a better term. Mm. Yeah. So, it, you know, it, it's obviously a shame from a romanticist perspective that the San Siro was going to be demolished and rebuilt or whatever the case is. But now it just looks like um, the co-sharing or the sharing agreement between Inter and uh, AC Milan is um, is on the verge of uh, not continuing. It would be a real shame, a real shame, because mm. it, it's a, a nature of the, the league, Serie A. It's, it's in the fabric there that you have AC Milan and Inter Milan playing at the San Zero. It's amazing when it is Derby Day, which we might see in the Champions League this season if it goes the way uh, for that to happen. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. It'll be a real shame. It's. It, I agree with you that it is, would be a shame to see the stadium knocked down. Surely mm. you can do a renovation. To see it knocked down would mm. be a real shame. It'd be like knocking down the Bernabeu. You just, you, you don't do it. Yeah, so nothing's been decided set in concrete. It looks like that the new AC Milan owners are, you know, investigating potential sites. Let's just uh, watch this space and see what happens. But yeah, so that's something that... Um caught our eye this week as well, aside from all the international football and the festival of football that we've got coming up this weekend, because I tell you what, it is a super Saturday in the A-League this Saturday with four games. It's a big weekend all around the world, really. Just yeah, it looking is. Looking ahead to this weekend and all the leagues, there's a lot to cover off. But yes, let's start with the A-League. And mm. I'm looking forward to tomorrow night's game, really. Western Sydney against Adelaide. Western, yeah, that's a critical one. That's a barnstormer. Yeah. Mm. Second versus third. Mm. Could be anything. Mm. Very much looking forward um, to that one. But yes, Super Saturday. Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, they start off in Wellington and then um, end up in Perth. So, <laughs> you know, <with> four <laughs> games. So, you know, all different kickoff times. So it's it's good to see. So I'm glad to see the A-League uh, actually trying trying that. Um, so, but, oh, look, something wets the appetite Saturday night, that's for sure. And I'm not talking about the back peg derby. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah. it does. Yeah. Well, just on the A League, I think it's great that they've moved away from the uh, concurrent kickoffs for now, at least. I don't think that was ever going to really catch fire. That's something people liked that you had to pick and choose between games mm. to watch. Um, so it was, it, it's great. Yeah. It's great that you can watch the four games in a row yeah. and not have to worry about flicking or anything no, of that nature, right. particularly with the current setup for the uh, broadcaster. Yep, sure. Also, the best time, it is a good time of year now because you're not going to have a. 38 degree day well unlikely you know, mm. as we're approaching april but it does you know it can happen but it's <laughs> unlikely right but you're you know it's unlikely to be 38 degrees of you know three o'clock in the afternoon or four o'clock in the afternoon so you know hopefully the weather's a bit more conducive to producing a better quality uh you know better quality football as well absolutely but something that will whet the appetite on saturday night you're referring to the early premier league kickoff indeed indeed manchester city against liverpool Mm. Hey, start of the season when the fixture list came out, we thought this one could be a big title decider. I thought how this wrong were we? Yeah, I thought this. <laughs> I thought this would be the title decider. Yeah, and we're wrong. Um, you know, we're wrong now. How do you? I, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I just think that I'm just looking forward to a good game of football, and I think it will be. I've, uh, I've got a feeling that this will be a, a really good game. Yeah, it's a great way to welcome back football for the weekend. Yes, of course we have the A League in the meantime between now and that match, but in terms of the European context. It is a proper welcome back. City against Liverpool and after the international break, yes, 
it's good at it's good in moments, but generally domestic football, league football is a high level. And City Liverpool, great way to kick off this final stretch of the season, really, because what we got ten or so games left, mm. and pretty much everything's still on the table in the Premier League, which is fantastic. Yeah. And Liverpool in the early kickoff means that they're going to lose a game. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. It's that's not even speaking with the Manchester United. No, no, that's they don't have a very good record in the early kickoffs. They're terrible, Adam. I don't know what what it is. Maybe mm. it's because you've got to get up earlier, you got to start your routine earlier, you have a different meal plan. I don't know what's going on, but... Hey, well, it's not as if they're travelling, like, to, to London, right? They're only going, like, 40 miles up the road, you know? Yeah. So... It, it's not that it's not that far for them, so I'm sure they I'm sure they can manage. But anyway, yeah, they don't do very well in the early kickoffs, that's for sure. But um, also, Bayern Dortmund is, this weekend. <laughs> what a game! So, what a game this has turned into. Like it was yeah. already a big game. It was already mm. probably going to be the title decider, perhaps mm. in Germany, mm. or give us a big indication on where the where the uh, title was going to go this season. But you had it in a sprinkle of Thomas Tuchel, add in a sprinkle of that, and wow, wow, what a game. What a game. Coming back to his former club at the time, no one thought he would ever go and manage Bayern Munich, and here we are. No, no, definitely not. Bayern can still go and do the treble. And in each of the competitions, you would, wouldn't would really bet against them winning them. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, it's it, that's it's just fascinating um, how that's going to play out. So, yeah, so that'll be on Sunday morning our time as well. So, geez, there's a lot there's a lot to cover. It really is. It's just incredible. Mm, there is just so much. Inc- just incredible. But, um, yeah, you know. We also got Napoli AC Milan this weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Massive game. Yes, yeah. Scudetto's probably wrapped up. Yeah, oh, it's but... over. It's over, right? It's Napoli's. Like, you know, I'm prepared to say that La Liga's over as well. So... Wow, conceding defeat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, look, I, I, unfortunately, yeah, I think the league is over. I think it's done. I don't see um, Barcelona dropping three games and Real Madrid having to win the, the three. If you can, that's great. Hey, you never know. You never know. No, you, you never know. But did you see, you um, see Barcelona, right? Another thing that uh, pricked my interest, Garvey. Have you oh, heard about yes. this situation? Yes, yes I have. See, <laughs> this, uh, I mean... Oh, Speaking uh, of players, sp- people, clubs that don't help themselves... Are they, are they becoming the Spurs of La Liga? <laughs> the only thing is that they're a bit more successful. A little, just just a little bit, just a little bit, not much. Like, how how does something like this happen? How does something like this happen? Is this Tavas pulling a Swifty? No, it isn't. How can it be? Someone's gone to sleep at, at Barcelona. So the story is that Gavi's contract, who is a fully fledged player of the first team, plays more often than not. His contract has been ruled null, and he's gone back to being an amateur player on a, on a youth-style contract with a very low, if any, release clause. So I don't think he will, but whoever is looking for a midfielder in the summer, look no further, because there's one here at bargain price. Do you think he'd be on his way out? Do you think he owes it to Barcelona to hang around and don't leave for, for, for pennies? I don't think he owes Barcelona anything. If they're foolish I mean, enough, hang on, no. If they're full, if their administration is foolish enough, right, to actually let this situation happen, when the manager, when the manager is obviously would have expressed that, hey, I want to play this player, like you know, this player is critical to our future going forward, right? They've negotiated contracts and the and the rest of it, and now the con- contracts have been declared null. Wow. It's what? it's remarkable. It's remarkable. Here here we are thinking that Pedri and Gabby are going to be the new Javi Iniesta. <laughs> I thought Javi thought that too. Yeah, <laughs> but it might be over before it gets going. Correct, correct. If it's you're Liverpool, surely you just you make that happen. 
Well, now you do. Yeah. Don't you? You go, listen, Jude. Yeah. You know what? Your price tag's a bit too much. Uh-huh. Right? Your price tag's a bit too much. Uh, you know, we've already signed uh, Garvey. Nothing. <laughs> Essentially. <laughs> Relatively nothing. And Barcelona could do squat about it. Mm-hmm. They really, they can't do anything about it. So it's, watch this space on that. Midfield to watch for, for summer 2023. All of a sudden, there's a new transfer target. On Like, it's, you know, it's incredible. Absolutely nuts. Funny how everything works, isn't it? And look, I don't buy this whole jubilee to Liverpool thing. You still don't, eh? I don't. I don't. I don't. Nah, fair enough. Let's wait and see what happens, though. I just don't think they have the money to pay $150 billion, which is what they'd have to. Maybe if they wanted him, they'll find it. They sell enough shirts. <laughs> it's not even shirt sales. No, They but don't get the money from I mean. shirt sales. Yeah. No, but you yeah. know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, they generate enough revenue to be able to cover it if they need to. I mean, look, the only thing is, and, and obviously they would be considering it with the financial fair play aspect of it, but obviously they're able to do it. Yeah, Liverpool sell pretty well, so I don't think they're too worried about FFP. It's just... Yeah, whether the money, the money is there in the in the kitty for them to splash mm. on that one player in one position. Yes, they obviously need it. Yes, Jude Bellingham is the number one dream target, but whether or not it's a reality that you can go and sign him is a different story altogether because there's going to be no shortage of uh, clubs interested. Real Madrid, Manchester City, they've been near the top of the list. Too true, too true. So it's just a case of primarily who Jude wants to play for. Yeah, so we had a back peg derby last weekend. We did, we did. The first of two in a row. Mm-hmm. In Colombia. In one Colombia, all. yes. One all. one all draw. The Cali derby. Deportivo Cali versus America de Cali. And it was one all, which didn't, doesn't help um, Deportivo Cali at all. <laughs> 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 no, it doesn't. And but anyway. from reading up on the game, it looked like you guys were the, the better team on the day. Yeah, yeah. And you could have uh, seized the three points. Hey, we yeah. did say form goes out the window. Yeah, well, it wasn't to be. We got, you know, they're the uh, one win and five draws for the season for their eight points. So there you go. There you Indeed. There you go. But uh, this weekend in uh, Colombia, we have your boys, America de Cali, at home to uh, Jaguars. But Aguares de, Cordo- de Cordoba. Brilliant. Thank you. <laughs> Um, uh, how are they doing? They're, they're not doing too good. They're not doing too good either. They're in 15. No. So Should be three points. Hot, hot favourites, America to Cali. And uh, Deportivo, yes. still plumb oh, last on the table. That's right. Away to uh, Atletico Huila. So. Yeah, there's an opportunity there. Yeah, there is. Let's wait and see there's what an happens. See know, what happens. Yeah, I don't know if we'll come off the bottom of the table, but oh, look, you know, we get the three points. We're, uh, uh, you know, we jump ahead of Atletico who are in 14th. So 20th to 14th in one fell swoop. So let's uh, let's see what happens. Still no V-League. Still no V-League. <laughs> they're still on break. They're back next week, though. They're back yes, next they week. Are. So you can look forward to that. That's right. Episode 13 of the back peak. We can uh, dive back into our uh, V-League teams. Correct, correct. For the new season. Despite... I know, I, I, I know you want to talk about the uh, back peg derby in England. Oh, we have to, don't we? Yeah. All right. We'll finish it on that note, I think. Look, I mean, yep. there's, a, there's a lot of... Look, it's a hell of a weekend in football, though. It really is. It's uh, really good to see. Welcome back to Clubland. Well and yeah. truly. Yeah. Look, I mean, you know, as much as the everybody, you know, a lot of people, not everybody, but most people outside of England enjoy international football. <laughs> 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 you know, um, all these years of hurt that might have something to do with it. <laughs> yeah, it could be. 
could be. But uh, yeah, no, it's, there's a lot of football to be played this weekend. That's for sure. But yes, backpack derby, battle of the Uniteds. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are other Uniteds, but uh, Manchester United against Newcastle United, and or perhaps I should say the other way around because you Newcastle guys are home. United, yes, um, Manchester United. It's a it's a tricky game. It is a it tricky is. game because I think neither side comes into it really in their best form. They're both sort of in trickier periods. I think you guys perhaps are flying that a little bit higher. Mm, at slightly. this present moment. Yeah, just slightly, slightly but not, it is yeah. yeah. And well, you know. You guys are going to be up for the game, particularly you want revenge for the cup final. Yeah, look, and I think at home as well. It's 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 not going to be easy for Newcastle United, but um I'm hopeful for a win. So, yeah. And a win will take us into third. So, we'll jump you guys cuz uh, our goal difference is better. So, yeah, let's just yeah, uh, wait see. is completely shot. Yes, it is. But let's just wait and see what happens. So thanks to Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, and Brighton. Oh, and, and Brentford. Brighton. And Brentford. And Man City. And Man City. <laughs> Shall we keep going? No. <laughs> but it's been a great season for Manchester United, though. I mean, generally it has. It has. Look, you've won. It's you know. better than anyone would have thought. Look, you can still do it. Certainly a better than this Manchester United would have thought. Yeah, the Tim Pot treble. Yeah. Hey, listen, trebles are treble. Trebles are treble. Oh, well, mm, not quite. There's no, no, trebles no. and then there's trebles. <laughs> sure, right? But would you not? Would you knock back this treble? Of course not. Of course there not. And as I said a couple of weeks ago, I think we would have struggled to make top four at the start of the season. The fact that we're currently third, barring a complete collapse, which is not out of the question entirely, judged on just how tired all the players are at the moment. Mm. Eh, top four in a trophy, well and above expectation. So the rest of this season is just playing with house money for mine when it comes yeah. to Europa and the FA Cup. So Look, I'll, I'll be happy if Newcastle look over me and you 1-0. I'm, I'm sure you will. That. I'll take that. So um... And I'll gladly take the reverse score. Yeah, of course. Hey, why wouldn't you? If yeah. I open up six points ahead, you know, it's... Um, if anything, it just uh, gives you that extra breathing space. So yeah, so yeah, the it, way the way you guys have been playing this season, any result's a good result. You don't have to do it in style. It is no. a game that has to be taken as seriously Correct. as you would Chelsea away or yeah. or Arsenal away. So yeah. it'll be a tough game. I imagine it'll be low scoring. Even a, draw, a, even a draw sits both teams in this case, but let's yeah, you don't know, you don't know how it's going to play out. This top four race going into the back end of the season is going to be really fascinating because you got Liverpool coming home strong. I just hope. Spurs implode. I think Spurs. Ah, uh, we didn't talk about Conte. Do we have to? We didn't we speak enough well, about Spurs to begin with? <laughs> we did. <laughs> but we didn't Spurs? mention that he finally got sacked and uh, Stellini has hung around, which is an interesting. Yeah. Topic. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you know I thought everybody would have thought that was a given, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Well, look, he, it's interesting. He brought him into no. the club. No, that's true. Usually, no. when a, a manager gets sacked, all his backroom staff go with him. But yeah, no, that's true. And... I was talking about Conte being sacked though. Ah, oh, true, true. Yeah. There you go. No, but you're right. With Stellini, yeah, it's interesting. And Ryan uh, Mason still there. Spurs played their best football this season when Conte wasn't there in the dugout. Well, they did lose the FA Cup tie that when Conte wasn't there, right? You know, as well. Yeah, they play the B team. I don't think they really cared. I don't think the Spurs players actually care anyway. Mm, yeah, you're right. Mm. Well, it's it's good to agree. Sometimes, you know, it is better to disagree, but it's good to agree and end up on a uh, an agreement that uh, Spurs <laughs> are, uh, yeah, that Spurs might implode. But um, Spurs yeah. are shit, but maybe they get better. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Nectar. Um, 
yeah. You just know we're going to play on that every week now. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, yeah, but if, if we hit the back peg, Nathan, is there anything you want to cover before we go? Because, you know, um, huge, there was huge a huge weekend. It's a huge weekend. There was one other big thing week. that um, I did see. Mm-hmm. Keep me with it. Let's go. But I do think we're going to run out of time. It actually might be something that we bring up on Saturday night. Oh, okay. Well, look, I'm on, happy to uh, on, talk about on it. British Football Watch um, because it's something that we could dive into for uh, an hour on end. <laughs> oh, really? It is. Uh, uh, Tease it. On the other, on the other hand, maybe you just don't care. But it is the the Premier League Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. yeah. Look, it's they've, quick. And they've announced the next sh- the the shortlist for the next batch of potential inductees. Mm-hmm. Fifteen men have been uh, selected, I suppose, mm-hmm. or added to a shortlist for people to vote on. Yep. Earlier in the week, they already inducted Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. Yes. I would Thank say both of those gentlemen should have been the first two people into the Hall of Fame. Agree. Rather than some of the players that they've already put in, <clears throat> Gerard. Well, but the, the, the proportionately though, there's going to be more players than managers, so I understand why players have gotten in first, but that's okay. I'll run down the list. All right, let's go. Tony Adams. Next. Sol Campbell. Next. Michael Carrick. Next. Petacek. Possible. Next. Andy Cole. Mm, possible. Next. Ashley Cole. Next. Jermaine Defoe. <laughs> Next, pardon me. I don't know how he's met, found his way on the short list. Exactly. Les Ferdinand. Yes. Rio Ferdinand. Yes. Robbie Fowler. Mm, maybe not this time around. Gary Neville. Maybe not this time around. Uh, Michael Owen. Yes. John Terry. Yes. Yaya Toure. How many inductees are they, they, do they want to bring in? Um, That's a good question. There's 15 people on the short list. Yaya Toure so and five? Nemanja Vidic was the last one on there. Okay. Yep. Um, that's a very good question. Excuse us, backpackers, whilst Nathan's doing his research and trying to find out three is the three answer. of the five okay three of the so, 15 three of the 15 sorry so i would turn around and say rio ferdinand les ferdinand and hmm, that last one would be difficult i can knock out a couple names straight away the man i'm surprised there you've gone for two vidish is a class player he was an absolute oh, absolute absolute class player look michael owen might be the other one Right. Interesting, he's been listed as a Manchester United player in the shortlist. Yeah, Liverpool is ah, Liverpool. Sure. You would remember. Yeah. But there you go. See, Les Ferdinand is it Newcastle United or Spurs? Um, I think it's Spurs. Wouldn't be QPR. But um No, no certainly not. <laughs> But yeah, had a check for mine should be in there. Yeah, look, uh, uh, in fact, yeah, let's go. I would go check Ferdinand, like both Ferdinands. Obviously, they're not related, but yeah, yeah, yeah. We can. I think we can settle on that. There you go. And that's a good place for us to hit the back peg. There you go. See, you going to say it was being an hour, but <laughs> done nice and <laughs> quick. We can roll up a little bit more on Saturday night. Done nice and quick. Yeah, sure. But for any yeah, of the back peggers listening, what uh, want to know what we're talking about? Me and mm. Laz and uh, a couple of the other guys on British Football Watch. Do a weekly show, do a bit of a Premier League preview mm. on 2SR Southern Shire Community Radio. Feel mm. free to listen in. Uh, if you're in Sydney, 99.7 FM, Saturday night from 9 pm. Yeah, or just Google 2SR.com.au. Um, and you can find us at the Back Peg on Instagram at the Back Peg and Twitter at the Back Peg. And feel free to interact with us on those platforms and look us up. I mean, we tag out, you know, we ourselves get tagged on the Back Peg uh, posts as well on Instagram. So, Feel free to message us and tell us what you really think, like uh, <laughs> how, we, how we got told to get, go fornicate and multiply. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, yes, we read out some feedback earlier mm. on in the show, and uh, you send us some more feedback, and uh, maybe you can get read out as well. 
That's right. And, we <laughs> and it think... doesn't have to be good. We like we actually be better for the episodes if you send us some negative feedback. That'd be that's hilarious. Right. <laughs> uh, but we want to um, thank everyone that's new, that's uh, listening, and uh, and thanks for um, just you know for listening, downloading, subscribing. Please share with your friends, and that um, oh, would great greatly appreciate any feedback, any support. Um, and uh, yeah, Nathan and I have an absolute blast when we do this, and um, it's called up late because we do do it up late <laughs> uh yes it has just ticked past 11 p.m yes so um, <laughs> um yeah bed soon yes <laughs> but yes not, not a moment and... soon, not a moment too soon i can tell you but it is it's an absolute <laughs> blast though i can tell you Nathan, yeah i very much enjoy it and yeah. uh thank you Laz, for coming on here each and every uh, week with us and thank you nathan um, for for everything that you do and um ah, uh, greatly appreciate the uh time interaction and support and um everything that you do and uh yeah all the interaction that we have with uh the backpackers yes thank you very much to all you backpackers out there and as I say, send in your feedback, good, bad, or in between, and uh, we love reading it and hearing it and everything else as well attached to that. Leave your reviews as well, if you haven't done so already, wherever you get your podcasts. We greatly appreciate every review we get in, and we'll speak to you soon, potentially with a guest next week. But for now, yes. I've been Nathan Gould. Lazarus Grimacy. Take care, all. Have a good week. 